Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Whitey Gleason, John Dickinson with you here, live from Friedman's Fall Clearance Sales event this weekend only at Friedman's Appliance in Pleasant Hill featuring live cooking demonstrations and one-of-a-kind specials on appliances. They have a few appliances here, J.D. This yep. place is incredible. It, it's amazing, and people are just flooding through here. Uh, plenty of room, though. Stop by, say hi. Got the, the grills going, a lot of great food. I mean, this is just a, a major, major event uh, going on here in Pleasant Hill. Yes, they literally have rolled out the red carpet, which I initially thought, I assumed, well, that's for John Dickinson, no, the great John no, Dickinson, no. but it's for, of course, all the customers come in, and you get to view all the wonderful uh, appliances here. Um, we still are waiting for J.D. to take a whack at a cooking demonstration. I've been trying to talk him into it, but uh, I don't think it's in the cars today. No cooking demonstration, but the eating demonstrations continues. are. Continues, and it's they impressive. Continue, and they've been going since about 11.30 this morning before Favorite, we hit the uh, Yeah, we have a lot of foods here you can sample. Uh, favorite so far? I enjoyed the uh, meatball, uh, meat, little meatball sandwich. Okay. Little meatball, yeah. I haven't sampled as many items as you have, but I would have to say two thumbs up for the Hawaiian fried rice. That was tremendous. Yes. Yeah, that yes. was tremendous. Hopefully the 49ers will be as tremendous tomorrow when they take on the struggling uh, Denver Broncos. Denver has a head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, who appears a little over his head. I think that's the most generous thing we can say well it looked like maybe he's a bit off more than he can chew here so what are the Broncos doing about that yeah Adam Schefter with the note that the Broncos uh, their head coach Nathaniel Hackett has hired former Ravens assistant head coach and special teams coordinator Jerry uh, Rossberg uh, to as a senior assistant to basically help him with game day decisions so kind of like a in baseball you'd say a bench coach yeah basically right? somebody to say uh, and, and I'm not sure if it's Roseburg or Rossberg, but I- anyway, he, he goes, uh, he spent the week with the Broncos. He'll be in the booth on Sunday night, and he's, he's basically the guy that's supposed to say, hey, call your time out here. Yeah. You know, when, it, rather, you know, when Peyton Manning's like spending time yeah. out, time out, time out, you guys might want to call time out. Yeah. Basically a game manager. Like, hey, here's when you throw your challenge flag. Here's when you mm-hmm. – you know, here's when you call your timeouts. If you need to call your timeouts late in the game, hey, this is a, a, a ridiculously long field goal attempt. It's yeah. fourth and five. You might want to go for it. So, like Gabe Kapler's guy is it Kai Correa? Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be similar to that. All right. Um, so yeah, that, the only problem I see with that JD is that it takes time. If he's in the booth and the coach is on the sidelines, it takes time for that guy to say, "Hey, here's what you should do." When you have everyone else talking, and they already, I think, they're second in the league in longest time amount of time elapsed between plays. They need to, to yeah, no pace. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. The play clock going down. Yeah. every play, and the, I mean, last week the crowd in Denver was counting it down. Yeah, like and just like, like let's go. Little what urgency. are we doing? Well, I need to figure out what we're doing. Some are saying, you know, it's really hard. I read a piece in the Athletic. Some people around the NFL say what he's doing. Of course, Kyle Shanahan does this. Uh, McVay does it. To coach and to call plays is really hard. Some guys can do it, but it looks like Nathaniel Hackett who didn't always call plays prior to this, it's too much for a guy who hasn't been a head coach before. Right, and admitting that the first two weeks have been a little bit of a bleep show yes. for them. A lot, yes. of, a lot of red zone issues. They had a, there was an issue on a, on a punt where they didn't have the returner out. <laughs> like the, the, they, they were going I hate to, to ret- say, but doesn't it sound like early Philadelphia Phillies version of Gabe Kapler? It really does. It does. It really does. And I, I would have thought, and, and everything you read about Nathaniel Hackett going in, obviously his dad, uh, Paul Hackett, a, a coach for a long time at a number of different levels. 
Like you would have thought it would be a little more buttoned up of an operation than it's, than it's been. And the first week, all right, what's going on there in Seattle? Weird things happen. They fumbled a couple of times. at the goal. They, they don't have a red zone touchdown yet. They don't have a red zone touchdown in two games. And then there's been these other issues with the clock management, not going for the fourth and five and kicking the 65-yard field goal. And and the punt returner wasn't out on a play. Incompetence. I mean, it's there's really? been a it's been I mean Harry High School. Yeah. You know, square. That's not even Harry High School. I mean, that's Marty Middle School. Marty Middle School. I mean, it's been really <laughs> really bad, and I think that's part of the reason why so many have become so bullish on the 49ers in tomorrow's game. You look at the the line. I know originally I think the Broncos were one and a half two point favorite. And this was going back to, like, Sunday afternoon. And then as Trey Lance is ruled out for the year and Garoppolo moves in and, and the Broncos' outcome and them just kind of being in shambles, like, that line moved to the point where I think the Niners are – the Niners are a, a favorite, but I want to look at the most updated line. I guess the Niners are one and a half, so I think it's dipped a little it's bit. It's a Jimmy factor, right, too. There's basically been a three, three-and-a-half point swing from the Broncos one and a half to the 49ers being one and a half. And that's that's even on the road in a tough environment where you'd give the home team the three. So that means they, they're really on the Niners. My guess is that you're going to disagree with this. Maybe I'm wrong. I think, you know, I mentioned Gabe Kaplan. We know that he really struggled uh, to figure out how to manage a major league team when he was with the Phillies. But I think that's behind him now. So I think <laughs> Gabe Kapler has proven. This is where I said, yeah, you may disagree. Yeah. Gabe Kapler's proven that you can get beyond those things. So maybe uh, Nathaniel Hackett just has to consider that. And like, hey, Gabe Kapler got beyond that and won 107 games. Yeah, huh? but, but did yeah. Gabe Kapler get in? in he, uh, did he, though? There, been, there were issues this year as far as. Well, he hasn't pulled anything like those stunts where like, he had, uh, didn't have his pitcher warmed up and things like that. It's been two well, years he since he. There was the guy that, that he didn't have somebody on the lineup card and then, okay. and then tried to put him in the game. That happened this year. Yeah. And then he couldn't put it because the guy had just come off the injured well, list. Well, it was a tough year. It was a rough year. But and you're right. You're right. You're so right. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Giants are hot right now. I can't wait. Well, I, was, I was thinking, I, I can't wait. for like, Who's going to be the person to say, boy, Gabe kept them together at the end. <laughs> that was a lost season. That was a uh -huh. lost season. And, and But let me tell you, they could have ended up 72 and 90, but – but he fought to get him to 79 and 83. Let me, we'll get back to the Niners in just a moment. I want to get your views on a question that I threw out on Twitter yesterday. The, the odds of, and I'm not saying the Giants are going to get Judge, but in your mind, the, the chances, the odds of the Giants getting Aaron Judge this offseason, they are the same as the odds of the chances of what former Giant, <laughs> any former Giant, getting a hit in a key situation. Oh, okay. I mean, you could go, you could say, Barry Bonds. Or, I mean, there's a number of ways you could go here, in your opinion. So, so the odds of the yeah. Giants. Getting Judge are the same as the odds of what former Giant in a key situation getting a key knock. Uh, I'm going to go with, I am going to go with. Kevon Lilly, cool. This is an interesting. Uh, I'm going to. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. I'm going nice. to go with. Thank Marvin you. Bernard. Nice. Okay. Yeah. He had his moments. <laughs> he had his moments. I, I was trying to come up with the least clutch giant, yeah. like former Lance, giant. Yesterday I threw that out on Twitter as I say. Uh, Lance Necro got a vote. <laughs> Brian Bocock. There were some names. It was like, oh, I forgot all about that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to say no chance. Really? But I'm going to say I'm going to say. think that door well, may be open. I, I hope you're I don't, right. I don't really think it's that oh. far. I mean, it, the – the perception that it's open will be. Well, I think we've talked about this, and I think Larry Kruger shares your views that it could be really damaging for the Giants to end up finishing second, but they're almost certainly destined to, if they talk about this and play it up, they're going to end up having to explain why they didn't get Aaron well, freaking Judge. They're going to be in the I, – I, I do think they will be in the mix, and there will be reports that, that of, of John this is their offer. Yeah. And, and, you know, Judge is waiting for whoever. And Judge met with – boy, Judge had a great meeting with Larry Bear and Gabe Kapler and, you know, one of the Johnsons. And, mm -hmm. like, all – like, it'll be – you know, Rob Dean was there. Who are, yeah. Like, all – oh, great meeting. Like, just wonderful meeting. Farhan. Like, just tremendous meeting. And then, and then it'll be, oh, he's signing with the Phillies. What? Okay. 
Oh, he's, he's going to stay. He's going to stay, don't you think? I actually, don't, I actually don't think he's going to stay. Really? Yeah, I actually don't. I, we'll see. Well, I mean, how things end matters. But I think they've been a, a bit at odds this year. Like, I think he's ticked off that they didn't get a deal done going into the year. And then the way the arbitration thing played out, like, I, I don't know. I think he's – I think he's – I think he kind of had one foot out the door. But we'll see how it – I mean, it's – We'll see how it ends as far as, you know, do they make a run to the World Series and all of that. It's interesting to me that a lot of Giants fans, the way I see it, are offended by the way Aaron Judge's pursuit of Roger Maris's single season American League record is being framed. And a lot of people are looking at Aaron Judge as having the greatest offensive season ever. Um, so some Giants fans are upset by that. Some Giants fans feel like, no, there's no way he's as good as Bonds. Some Giants fans are slighted by the fact that the American League record is being celebrated to the extent that it is because the implication is that the National League record is tainted. Yeah, that's a bunch of garbage. I mean, that's I mean, that's celebrate the American League record, and I I think part of it is Maris. It's and all Yankees. Judge, yeah, it's Yankees. And like Ruth, I like to yeah, me, if Ruth's this was 60, yeah. if this was the Kansas City Royals, I think it would be I think it would be viewed a little bit differently. But to to me, it's the Yankee component is why, and, and I'm fine with it. Like, give it, give it its due. It's a tremendous record that's been held for a long time. It's not the real home run record or anything like that. Like let's let's, Funny how baseball, let's be real about it. Baseball's tried to blur they've tried to blur the lines between the leagues and they want you know they don't care yeah, so they much. Have. But now it's like, oh American League record. Yeah there is an that. old there is an old school feel to that. There's yeah. no doubt. There, yeah. yeah but we're gonna have forty six interleague games next yeah. year. Yeah. And thirteen divisional games per team. But but yeah. So no I, I hear you on, on that. But I, I think I think it's probably the fact that it's Judge with the Yankees in the pinstripes, you know, trying to do it against the Red Sox as well. I think that's a component uh, to it. But uh, it's far as like I'm I I think there's like a people trying to you know media trying to come off as as virtuous also like going back and oh it's another Another opportunity to, for us to tell you why yeah. it's tainted. There's like there's a lot of there's a haughty nature uh, to the uh, I, I think that a lot of the baseball writing contingent. I know our, our good friend Mark Kreidler, Like we've we've Mark talked Kreidler, about this sure. throughout yeah. the years. Like there is a holier than thou component to yeah. a lot of those longtime baseball writers. Yeah, it's like get over it. Yeah. Well, his son had a couple of hits yesterday, by the way. Um, but Jason Stark did a great job of explaining that Aaron Judge, you throw steroids and bonds aside, the way Aaron Judge is dominated, he's doing more offensively, and he's, he's out-distancing other players in major offensive categories by a larger margin than just about anyone ever other than maybe Ted Williams. So that's why it's such, such an incredible season. But let me say this, and I have no reason to suspect that Albert Pujols or Aaron Judge have done anything untoward. Okay, I don't, but I am never for the rest of my life, going to assume that any player is quote-unquote clean. I'm that, not that's saying fair. I'm never. So that's the whole thing whenever anyone says, well, you know, Bonds did, but how about so-and-so and so-and-so. Again, I am not accusing or suggesting that Judge or Pujols or anybody, but I will never as a fan ever assume that anyone is, as I say, quote-unquote clean. That's fair. Because I'm not that stupid. No, I, that's fair. And when, when you've been through what, we all went through 20 years ago when we were watching it and 20, you know, even beyond that, growing up as a kid and just everything in the mid-90s on and, and who was doing what. And Are you going to tell me that uh, Tatis just all of a sudden this year decided, hey, I think I'll try steroids? Yeah, no. No. No, no doubt. And, yeah. uh, like it, and none that's of fine, it, but yeah. None of, it, none of it really bothers me. Like, to me, if you, if you get caught now, and I've said this and a lot of people disagree, but if you get caught now, that's worse. Because now, like now, it is clearly illegal within the game. Um, and also, when, I, I when it think wasn't they before, because the thing that I have a problem with is is the assumption. I think if you're oh, well, Barry Bonds was yeah, this, yeah. and Clemens was this, yeah. and, and but it's a but, double standard. But oh, David Ortiz was this, and, yeah. and like it just it to me it's it to me if you test positive or get suspended once it's actually in the rule book, that's. That is worse than anything Bonds did or anybody else. I also suspect that you get a pretty good idea of when you're going to be tested now. <laughs> if you're careful, it's really hard to get caught. When Bonds was chasing down Hank Aaron, 
I admit, I, at the time, it really bothered me. It didn't seem right. But now what bothers me more than that, and I understand, and I accept it, and it happened, and he did it, the double standard that now Bonds is seen as a pariah, whereas other guys, I know there are guys in the Hall of Fame who did steroids. No you, doubt. You look, it had, so he's that the double, example. That's he is not, now the example I'm not a Barry of, Bonds fan, but it's not fair that he's seen as, oh, well, what he did doesn't count. And I do feel like that the media has used the Aaron Judge chase as great as it is, as a as a means to go back and re, almost relitigate. Yes, and that's like, why I think some Giants fans are resentful like, of that. Just, and like, I, uh, I let's just that. relitigate what's yeah. real and what wasn't yeah. real. This is now the real home run record, and that yeah. doesn't take anything away from Judge. I mean, this is a again a tremendous record that yes that has been a record for what sixty years. Yeah, so and be careful because Justin behind me is a Yankee fan, as you know. So so yeah. yeah, he didn't like it when you said Aaron Judge is going to the Phillies. I don't think. But. <laughs> I just picked a team. I just picked a team that might spend money. But no, I don't. I don't. I, I do get the feeling, and like I said, maybe it could be mended, and maybe the maybe the emotion of him breaking the American League record, and the, I, to me, a lot of it's going to be determined on what happens with them in the playoffs. Like, do they do they make a run? Do they not make a run? Like, I t- I, I think he's played this whole season out as if he's ticked at them that they didn't pay him quicker. And almost like, hey, you should have done it, and now I'm leaving. It's one of the most impressive things to be in sports, and you can think off the top of your head a handful of guys who've done it, guys who bet on themselves, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like Kirk Cousins did that, right? Guy is going to, I'm, I'm going to just sign a short-term deal and then show what I'm worth this year and then get that huge deal. And for guys who actually pull that off, it's very impressive. It is. It is extremely impressive, and he's doing it in a big way. I mean, the only way that he could extend it would be to – win a World Series. Mm-hmm. And and it's so hard now with the extra layers of playoffs and everything. Yeah. It's almost like the hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs where I was like It is luck. and you know, you got the the two teams with the buys now. Yeah. It's like but you're getting a buy, you're not getting a buy. You're still playing in the round that you would have been playing in a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like that's the part like the buy is cute yeah. and all, but you just get to sit out the grab ass round. You just yep. <laughs> right, and so it's you know it it benefits the the, the wild card team. Obviously, it benefits the extra team that gets in. It benefits the the other two wild card teams because now they're playing a three game series as opposed mm-hmm. to a one off. Mm-hmm. So there's three teams that benefits. It it screws the three seed. Yes, <laughs> because now they've got to play a three game. So you get a di- that third division winner gets screwed. I think the most in it, and then the top two teams. Yeah, that's cute. You miss the as you call it the. The grab ass round. Yeah, but I think they're actually going to call it that. But game one on the grab ass round. You're still entering a division series, which is going to be a best of five, which is what you would have still had to have dealt with anyway. Now you'll be more rested and all of that, but it just. You ready for the rule changes next year? Uh no. Pitch clock. No. A bigger pitch, bases. Pitch clock, I'm okay with. Limiting the shift. Bigger bases, I could do without. <laughs> Limiting the shift is just stupid. Like just, like it's just, it's dumb. I'm sure we'll adapt. We'll get over it. It'll be fine. Hopefully we won't notice, but the, to me, the bases just really irritates me. Making the bases bigger just, oh, Are there, I hate Is there going to be a jump in steals because of that? Probably not, There's going right? to be a jump in steals, and that'll be a small part of it. The fact that I can only throw over, what, three times, that's going to lead to a lot more stolen bases. Yeah. Yeah, um, a lot more stolen bases. No, I, I think you're right about that. So, I mean, we'll see. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. I think it's going to be weird to see less division play as much as I do like the – Yeah. I like the schedule. But, like, hey, one big thing for the Giants. Nobody like, knows the schedule like you know it. Hey, the Giants are – I mean, play the Dodgers 13 times instead of 19. I mean, when you go 4-15 and 15 against them. We don't have to sit through 19 games of, and hey, it's the Giants against the Rockies. You know it's what? the Giants against the Diamondbacks. Not to get off on a tangent on this, but it the 4-15 and 15, Remember the, the Giants swept, and nobody remembers this because it was the weekend that the that the Warriors were playing the Celtics. It was the weekend of Game Four of the Finals. So the Steph, the dramatic Game Four that Friday night in mm-hmm. Boston, but that weekend the Giants swept the Dodgers at at Oracle Park. So that means the Giants in the other sixteen games against the Dodgers this season went one and fifteen. So they swept that series. In the other, they won one time in the mm-hmm. other 16 games, in, the, in five series. So in five series, head-to-head, the Giants won one game in five series. Dodgers are pretty good. It's incredible. <laughs> Dodgers are pretty good. And the Giants are kind of, eh, they're that all is, right. That yeah. is really bad. That is. 
It's not. I mean, that is that is really bad. They can still beat the Rockies, though. Giants went 15 and four against Hammered the Rockies. Them. Hammered the Rocks. Yes. Um, speaking of guys that are able to play great in the last year of their deals, Jimmy G's one of those guys this year, right? Maybe he's in that condition. He's in that situation, I should say. I don't know if he can do it, but he's in that situation. The, the, I think Mark Willard just put it as the contract year energy. Yeah. The contract year sure. energy. You get the contract yeah. year energy of uh, the CYE. Jimmy Garoppolo trying to make $20 million a year again, mm -hmm. even if it's somewhere else. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I think there is, at least in the lead up to this game, it's, fun, it's so fragile because in, in the lead up to this game, it feels like everybody's gutted for Trey Lance. But now the expectations are suddenly raised, which is a little weird for me because, like I was telling you earlier, I, I do think there's a, a contingent of 49er fans that are that don't think that Jimmy's the better quarterback. But yet now they expect now it's Super Bowl or bust. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> like, to me, that's almost setting yourself up to fail and and blame somebody well, for it. Well, it's tricky, but wasn't – I know you're making a point here, but wasn't that about the assumption that Trey would be better by the end of the year so that, yeah, now I, it sounds good, but by the end of the year he'll be better than Jimmy is? I, I, get, I mean, I guess. I, I guess. But it's just like to me, to me the view is, well, this – and I'm going based on training camp. I'm going based on the first game. I, I thought Trey was probably going to have a pretty good game on Sunday. It looked like he was on his way yeah, yeah. to having a pretty good game on Sunday. But against the Seahawks, but I, I just keep coming back to, like, they were they were gonna struggle more than I think people thought with Trey, and so now all right, you wipe that out, and sure maybe he would have gotten better by by the end of the year, but it just there's this like to me you can't think that you've got the lesser quarterback, and then raise the expectations well, like that's just a weird and again I know that's different than what the locker it, it, room is doing yeah. and the locker room believes that in my mind that, that Garoppolo gives him better chance and the, to bring it back to the contract point there is a a, a, a freeness there, there's a freeing vibe to Jimmy Jimmy's gonna sling it and the veterans are behind Jimmy and and this team wins with Jimmy and like like there it's go time it's go time for the 49ers. There's that kind of a vibe, and I think it's like, I think it's played out in why like people are so confident about this game in Denver. Which, like to me, this mm. not like this is tomorrow is not a gimme. But I, I just feel like there's a, I, I don't like using the term narrative, but there's a narrative like they should go handle the Broncos tomorrow. And then well, it's like, what if they don't? Like, see, this is where I like I'm at a crossroads. Like, I'm not gonna. They lose tomorrow. That's not some crazy catastrophic loss, and you know, and the, it, it's a game that I probably had penciled as a loss when the schedule came out. Yeah, I'm a little more optimistic about them than than you are tomorrow. But I know you've got a real good sense of of where they are, and that's why, you know, I've learned over the years with you. And you're worried about tomorrow. It gives me pause. But this sense of, as you call it, the sense of release or freedom or clarity at the very least, with now Jimmy's in and Trey Lance is out. Was there any similar sense of clarity before Jimmy was back in the picture because they knew yes. Trey was going to be the guy. I think so. I, I, I think that did get messed yeah. with yeah. a little bit because it was such a shock, I think, to everyone. Hey, Jimmy's coming back. Like, I think it was a shock to us. It was a shock to the fans. I think it was a shock to the locker room, no, no doubt. And I think they believe that they're, they're good enough as an organization to be able to handle it. It was going to get a lot weirder. If they weren't winning, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, and it already I think was going down that road because they didn't win the Chicago game. Like there was already a little bit of a veer of like, what's going on here? Uh, but the monsoon, but the penalty, like there, it was explained away in a certain, in in some way. But I think, yeah, I do, I do think there was a a clarity that was that was fuzzied by Garoppolo's return. Though now everything's clear, it's just clear the other way. Yeah, that's why to me it's it's a sense of relief, and it's not oh thank goodness Trey's not playing. It's just now we know who the quarterback is, and they did have that before Jimmy came back. We knew who the quarterback was. And I think there's oh, just wait, now there's, we do, we don't really know at what point is this going to really become an issue for us, and now. You don't have to worry about that. There's just a confidence, it seems. It, it there's a confidence, it seems, in what like that the offense can function 
completely mm-hmm. as a you know now with Jimmy. Yeah. Like I know there's oh it's going to be more dynamic and there's going to be runs and play action all these different things. I think there's a a simplicity to hey you know what the, the offense is going to have to be tweaked but it's going to be Jimmy throwing it more it's going to be maybe more of the traditional running game rather than all the quarterback runs and and all right go get it. I have a question for you here. We are uh, live from Freedman's Fall Clearance Sales Event this weekend. Only Freedman's Appliance in Pleasant Hill featuring live cooking demonstrations and one-of-a-kind specials on appliances. Having a lot of fun, having a great time. Uh, thanks to everybody who's come by. My question is, why is it that three people, and I don't have a problem with it, three people have come by while we're on the air and started talking to me while we're on the air, and no one has done that with you. Uh, I've had three people come up, and it's fun. It's great. But Have you ever heard of the like the like like a, a – bleep you vibe <laughs> i don't know what it is like, i've had like people a, hey, just come up like, a guy just came up and showed me as you I don't, and i are in conversation there's a picture of him with come on looney i don't want he started telling me something i can't hear you i have headphones on i, I don't want to say this well we're up against it so i'm going to save it but like i do have a i, I don't even want to share it especially because i am going to be heading to denver it's after just the your show. kind of persona but I just like have the like, energy you're exuding yeah, I, I, it's, I don't know that it's a good thing but, huh. it, but it tends to work out yeah. sometimes. I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just curious. Like, yeah, it keeps yeah. happening yeah. to me, and no one's coming near you. Yeah. 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 Oh. All right. Yeah. Coming up next, one thing that's gone. You know, it's been a, a bumpy start to the 49ers season. Tell you one thing that really has gone right for them so far. That's next. Whitey and JD live from Friedman's on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Wendy Gleason, John Dickinson coming to today from Friedman's Fall Clearance Sales Event. Yeah, we're live from Friedman's Fall Clearance Sales Event. This weekend only at Friedman's Appliance in Pleasant Hill featuring live cooking demonstrations, one-of-a-kind specials on appliances. It's a spectacular place. If you can't make it here by 4 to say hi to us, make sure you get down here this weekend. Uh, to Friedman's. J.D., I know you're you're off to Denver at the conclusion of our broadcast. Big airport. Big airport in Denver. Yeah. I, I like the Denver airport. It's actually in my airport rankings, which I, <laughs> I do airport rankings. Denver is near the top, actually. Yeah, and they've got a whole new wing they're building as well. Oh, nice. So it looks like it's even going to be bigger, although I have had a little bit of a, little bit of a time – 
I've, I've had the tendency to fly in there a little bit later and on certain nights, and it hasn't been as as open as it as it typically okay. would be in terms of like the one thing I do like is can you get it? Can you get yourself a drink? Can you get yourself something to eat if you need to? Almost at any time. Good, good thing we're here for yeah. today. Yeah, you can do that Challenge here. Down. But it, but it's it's a and and so it's been. I think because of some of the construction, obviously because it's tougher to find people that work in, in that industry as well. Uh, it, you know, fewer there maybe are fewer options than there have been. But Denver's quality airport. Which quality of these airport. two airports? I, I don't think either would necessarily be high on your list. But which is higher in your rankings? Uh-huh. Perhaps they're not ranked. Uh, San Diego or Sacramento International. Uh, Sacramento's underrated. It is. I think it's, Sacramento's yeah. an underrated airport. San Diego's great, but the airport is, yeah, especially if I have to go to the other terminal. Yeah, no, it's, uh, no bueno. I would say I would say Sacramento okay. over, over San Diego. Sa- Sacramento an under underrated airport. I like Phoenix. Yes, as well. Phoenix very good. Mm-hmm. Phoenix might be number one. Uh, yeah, Phoenix might be number one. Really? in the country okay. for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Go go through there a lot. Uh, I'm trying to think what's. Uh, what are you doing tomorrow in Denver as you get ready for you know night Sunday night football? Yeah, Sunday night football. I I'm probably gonna sneak in a couple of innings of the Rockies game. How about that? Believe it or not, I'm gonna Good try because I've, I've believe it or not, I've never been to a game at. Oh, Coors they're playing Field. San Diego. I've with never game been with playoff ramifications. And, and I can't I can't stay for very long, but I am gonna go. I, I think I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna buy a. You know, a rock pile ticket, hopefully, mm-hmm. for you know, I don't know, five bucks. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get in. I'm gonna try to get in when Big they ball open. game. Get in when they open, and you know, even like maybe 90 minutes before the game, and just kind of wander around because I've never been to a game at Coors Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one point in in my different life, I swore I would never see a game at Coors Field. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe Chris Bryant has hit no home runs this year at Coors Field? Chris Bryant has hit no home runs this year. Well, that's, but Field. I was told that the Giants needed to sign him and were an epic. Farhan Zaidi was an epic failure because they didn't sign him. Yeah, I will say that's one I got right. I didn't think that they. Uh, hi, how are you? Uh, I didn't think that that uh, they should have signed him. No, that, that, that was a, no, that was a good call. Yeah, that, it absolutely was a good call. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. question. Yeah, no question. I thought they should have kept Gosman though. No, no doubt. Uh, and and I know many have said, well, do you keep Gosman or do you do you keep DiSclafani? And they they may have picked the wrong one on that one. Yeah. And why? And if you're gonna get Radon, then why can't you keep Gosman and keep Radon? Hey, anyway, I I I, I digress. Yeah. I digress. I don't know. Are you you're not a Farhan guy? No, I am a Farhan guy. Like that's the thing. Like it's just I, I'm just not a Kapler guy. But I, no, I I think. This year, though, being as bad as it got and the fact that they're not going to make the playoffs, you do have to. Like, my whole thing was there were a lot of people in the middle of the year that were just, this is awful, there's no star power. And, and my whole thing was, well, let's see how this year plays out. Like, because at that point, there was still a decent chance that they could have made the playoffs. You know, this is middle of the year, they're around 500, maybe even slightly over 500. And at that point, I thought, this is a little premature to be freaking out, I think, in part because you, there isn't the eye candy of a superstar player. Like, right. To me, it's kinda, it was kind of a lowest common denominator conversation. Like, you're not winning, and there's no star, so I'm just going to whine about it. It was such a far cry from last it, year. It was just, yeah, yeah and, so I th- and people were trying to process that. But as far as, like, I had looked at it a little bit differently in that, hey, 19 was a wash because it was still Bochy, you know, he's, Farhan comes in try to 20's a wash because it was a pandemic. Like, I don't care about your 60-game season. Like, forget that. And then 21, you won 107. A miracle. So you, yeah. so you in essence, had one that was your, your deconstruction year. You had a 2020 year that didn't count. And you, 2021, you were great. So in, in some ways, this is the first bad year. That, that you could even hold them accountable for. Well, okay. that's So I almost look at it like it's 1-1-1 one, one, one in terms of, you know yeah, what I mean, in, I, in a way. And, like, a good, you've had a good year, a bad year, and then a year that really didn't count. For a lot of fans, the gap seemed like it was narrowing between the Giants and the Dodgers last year. Of course, they beat them during the regular season. So it seemed like, wow, they're there. Uh, they're ahead of schedule. Now they can compete with the Dodgers. There's just no way. Actually, in some ways, no one is competing with the Dodgers right now. Sure. Nobody. You know, you look at the ways you can build a team, uh, free agents, uh, draft, trades, minor league free agents, and the Dodgers are doing all of that. They're successful every which way. 
So exactly. don't know how long it's going to last, but the notion that the Giants this year were going to be competitive with the Dodgers, um, as you said, the numbers head-to-head have been really bad, but there was just no way that they were. It was a fantasy to think that the Giants were anywhere near um, so even playing field I, with the Dodgers. Yeah, to wrap it up, I mean, I'm not out on Farhan by any stretch, but he's going to have. they're going to have to be a good team next year. Like, they're going to have to be – in the like fight above 500 fighting for a playoff spot next year at a minimum and i know a lot of the focus again is on superstars give me a star give me a star give me a star and i don't necessarily know that the giants are going to be able to do that i don't think that that necessarily means that they're going to be what they were this year like i think there's a there's a range of can can sign players can trade for players Maybe it's not some of the players in the system because they're still too far away, but I do think there's a pathway to the Giants being good if Farhan makes some some moves that aren't necessarily the headlining moves. And I, I think that's not being accounted for. Like It's not going to be complete scrap heap like 2021 was, and oh my God, wow, it's not going to be that level. It's not going to be maybe the Aaron Judge, Carlos Correa level. But, it, but there's an in-between level to where they could be a pretty good team next year, and he looks pretty competent, and, and people are thinking a little bit more positively about the five years as a whole at that point. I think his whole plan to be better this year than they ended up being was based on the assumption that they'd be getting more out of the minor league system by now. Yeah. Uh, Xfinity Mobile text line, by the way, 888-957-9570. Just like Kyle Shanahan's plan was that by now the 49ers would be in a position where they'd be consistently getting more out of Trey Lance than they were getting. He got hurt last year. That hurt his development. Hurt again this year. So he's out. Jimmy G taking over. Uh, it's been an up and down season. A very rocky season as the 49ers head to the uh, the Rocky Mountains or John Dickinson heads to the Rocky Mountains uh, after the show today uh, to be there for tomorrow night, Sunday night football. One area, though, that I think has gone better for the 49ers than, well, I'll just say than I thought it would, is that interior of the offensive line, J.D., the great Matt Barrows dubbed them the killer B-minuses, Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, and Spencer Burford. Last week, they were actually good. And I know, you know, pro football focus grades only tell you so much, but you'd rather have them tell a happy story than a sad one. Um, and Burford and Banks are both graded among the NFL's top seven guards in pass blocking. Small sample size, I know, but so far they've been getting um, some production out of the middle of the offensive line. That, to me, makes you feel really good about now having Jimmy Garoppolo be the starting quarterback because that's the one thing that really has hampered him more than anything has been the interior rush. Yeah. And and so it's... If you, if you can cut some of that out, it allows you to, again, trying to get the ball out quicker, shorter passes, the offense to function in a more traditional manner. To me, that that's huge. Like, you need the offensive line to be better with Garoppolo at, at quarterback than it was going to be even with Trey Lance at quarterback. At least that's in theory because the belief was that, hey, Trey can – escape, evade, elude, although he wasn't really doing much. No, escape, evade, elude. No. Like, that's the – I, I don't. I hate like coming back to it like I'm being negative about Trey Lance again, but it just it it's so weird that I feel like he was billed a, a way a, a way that he couldn't or at least didn't with with skills that he didn't demonstrate. Like it was supposed to be, he's this mobile, dynamic quarterback, but mo- the majority of his runs were interior power runs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like I, like, I thought it was get him out on the edge and he was going to be able to uh, evade and you get You thought he was more like Michael Vick in some ways? No, I, I just thought he was more like he would be able to evade pressure, get to a spot, and throw. Use the arm strength to throw. Kind of like what we saw from Justin Fields. A little bit of what okay. we saw from Justin Fields, yeah. I, I think. And, and I think, and Josh, Allen, I think line, Josh Allen runner. does that. Yeah. Like Josh Allen can do that. Like it wasn't... It wasn't line up and put him in the in the gun and run power. Yeah, we've like, certainly seen the dynamic arm strength. Like, we know like that it, he has that. Like, it, yeah. like it's a wildcat, and mm-hmm. you're just having, hey, there's a running back. We're just going to snap it to him. I, I wonder how run. much that is because maybe he's not as nimble as, as we thought, or how much of that is just because he's trying to focus, or before he got hurt, of course, has been trying to focus so much on staying in the pocket and not having to resort to those, you know, breakdown plays. Yeah, I, I think that's – I think that's – Possible. I also think they've, you know, the Niners have, have tried to pick their spots to where they would, they would, you know, 
move him out, you know, set up the running game and then move him out and then, you know, some of the throwback plays and things like that, I think it is a little bit more scripted uh, for him in the Shanahan system than, than looking to really go off script. But it just didn't, and it was early in the season, it just didn't, it didn't quite add up. But, but to bring it back to the interior offensive line, I mean, if, that, if that's a strength, when that was what was viewed to be the biggest weakness. Yes, yes. I mean, look out. Like, look look out. Mm -hmm. Like, this team could get on a run. I don't know if it necessarily starts tomorrow, but tomorrow isn't necessarily into the season. Yeah. JD's worried about this game tomorrow. I'm still pretty confident the way Denver's looks so bad. But you're right. At some point, they're not as bad as they've looked. Uh, only one and one, but they're not as bad as they've looked. At some point, they're going to put it together. Maybe uh, a nationally televised, uh, nationally televised game. I still like the If the 49ers run the ball tomorrow effectively and if they don't turn the ball over and if they can stop the run anything close to what they did against Seattle last week, I think they win not like dominantly, but I think comfortably. Yeah, I mean, the defense being as dominant as they were against Seattle is the big, the big part. Yeah, for and me. Seattle's just terrible. Because they have in two weeks been dominant for extended stretches. I mean, I think yeah. obviously dominant the whole game against Seattle, the one touchdown was on the blocked field goal attempt. Dominant for the first almost three quarters of the game in Chicago, and then things got weird in the rain. They had a couple of breakdowns there, but that those are good signs in in both of those games. And yeah, I, I you know Russell Wilson, as we've seen throughout the years, that is a different dynamic. And and you know, can they hold up against that? But I the, the Broncos have looked whether it's been the turnovers or the red zone issues, like you can hold them down. You keep them under wraps in the red zone, you can hold them down and keep it a low-scoring game, and that gives you every opportunity to, to make a few plays here or there, a couple of drives, and, 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 and win the game. But I, I think if you win it, you're, it's going to be win close, and it's going to be the, the lower-scoring variety. So what concerns you about the game tomorrow specifically, about this matchup? Just the fact that, that I think Denver still has a pretty good defense themselves, and, and I think they can – if the 49ers aren't clicking, they can hold the 49ers down. Lower scoring game, it's just going to naturally be closer. The Broncos have moved the football. They just haven't been able to finish drives. They have been able to run the football a little bit. Uh, but but a couple of fumbles, like I said, at the goal line, that leads to not being able to finish. But to me, it's also it's the Russell Wilson component, and maybe I'm too too fixated on that, the 17-4 and four against the Niners over the years and their inability to get him he's on the done. ground. He's a relic. He's finished. But it's, he's also, it's also the environment. It's also like Denver and the Niners haven't played in Denver since, what, 2014. Uh, they, they got blown out there in that year, and obviously that was a Peyton Manning Broncos team, little different story. But – that's a that's a tough atmosphere to play in, and you know, whether it's the altitude or the crowd noise, I think that's a that's an underrated crowd noise environment to where if you're not ready for it, it might jolt you. Now, if they're turning on their own team, as they did a little <laughs> bit last week, that's a different component. And I think you know, we'll see how many Niner fans are there. This is a close trip, and so you know, are there a lot of Niner fans that are that are making the trip and is this one of those where maybe they take the joint over a little bit and make it uncomfortable for Broncos fans and and you know the Niners have a little bit more of an advantage there that remains to be seen but I but Denver just they're just going to play better at home this year I think than they do on the road. Well to your point about They're due for a good game. Like yeah. They're, they're due to play better. Like people thought they were going to be better than they've been these first Yeah, it's days. easy to look at them and say oh Denver's been terrible so far but to your point defensively they've played well. Uh, with guys like Bradley Chubb, Randy Williams, uh, Draymond Jones, they have the wherewithal to test this 49er offensive line, which so far has been playing well. But this is going to be a different type of offense, uh, defensive line they're going to face tomorrow. Another thing, though, that I think has gone very well for the 49ers, we touched on this earlier, J.D., the division so far has been a little underwhelming. I know Arizona's coming off a miraculous win. Good for them. Uh, the Rams won last week, but just barely after getting destroyed by Buffalo. I know you called that when you saw that one coming. Seattle's terrible. So, obviously – doesn't do you any good if you don't take care of your own business, but the division is there uh, right for the taking. Yeah, the, the good news is the Rams look, and we'll, we'll see next week Monday Night Football, yeah. the head-to-head matchup there with the, the Niners have had so much success in the regular season against the Rams. But, yeah, Seattle, and, and look, the Niners are plus one on Seattle compared to not only last year but the last two years. Like, they didn't beat Seattle. So that's, you know, 
how do you how do you improve from yeah. from ten and seven? Well, you beat Seattle when Seattle's down, which is something that they hadn't necessarily been able to do the last couple of years. So I think it's a good sign. Seattle's not very good. The Cardinals, I think, are still going to be head-to-head a, a problem for the Niners, maybe more than they are for other teams, at least in one of those games. And then the Rams will see. But the reality is that, that that opening loss to the Bears is less problematic, I think, because of the fact that the division doesn't look as dominant as you would have thought it would have been going into the year. And I also think, and people are going to come down my road for saying this, but I do think there's more opportunities to win a game or two that, that you shouldn't win or that maybe you aren't favored in because Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback. Like mm-hmm. you got you – and tomorrow to me would be get uh, – you get tomorrow, to me that makes up for the Bears game. 888-957-9570. That's Xfinity Mobile Text Line. Far be it from me to disagree with J.D. because he's got a real good sense of where this team is and where they're headed. I think the 49ers have a chance to win comfortably tomorrow. I don't think they blow them out. I think they can dominate. Uh, if they can uh, control the football, I think they win. J.D. is a little little more concerned about the Broncos. Thinks they're fair enough? Thinks they're yeah. due for a, for a better yeah, effort. I, which I, I, I think which way do you see it tomorrow? Yeah, I, I think I kind of feel like the Broncos are going to win tomorrow. Wow. I, I really do, and it's just it, again the one thing that I can't shake is just how how many people look at this game as if it's just a no-brainer for the Niners. Like the Niners should just like they should go in there and win. Like really, this isn't this isn't Chicago, and they didn't win that game. And and ah, monsoon penalties. Yeah. I, again, I know there's all the excuses you want to come up with for why. Oh, they're back on track. Jimmy's got them back on track it, again. Rock. It, it, it's like the statement to the 2022 season. You got a better shot of winning more games with him at quarterback than you would have otherwise. You got a better shot. To me, tomorrow, like tomorrow would be like I would be, if if Trey Lance was starting tomorrow, I I'd be extremely confident that we're not going to win tomorrow. Really? Yeah. And but now I feel like okay, there's a pathway. The Broncos are kind of in shambles. They they haven't played really, you know, totally buttoned up. And there's been some coaching issues, and they, they just look like a team that's in disarray. Like they look like a team that's just they clearly not, have been not yeah up, at times, not, yeah, almost not prepared. Sometimes like, things go on where you, um, I'm not sure what's going on behind the scenes, but with them, it's been right there on display on the field. You can see that they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they're disorganized. And I think that's I think I, there's a part of me that feels like look if that continues, then that's great news for the Niners because the Niners can the Niners can take advantage of it because I do think the Niners will be more buttoned up, you know, going in. Like, they'll have a game plan. It'll be ready. I think everybody's juiced for Jimmy's first start and all of that. And and the Niners have played pretty well in these primetime games. I mean, that's that's the other thing. Like, Shanahan era, Niners have been pretty good for the most part, especially when they've had Jimmy yeah. in, in a lot of these primetime games. For better or worse, Jimmy back under center gives the 49ers some stability. We know what we can do. We've done it before. Now at least we're on this path we know. And the Broncos really in the first two weeks of the season have lacked any kind of stability whatsoever. They have. I, I do think they're, they're in some ways due to play their best game because they, they know they're going to have to play their best game. Like there's a, but I think you could make the same case for the 49ers in that respect. That like both of these teams, it's, it's very similar. And I know the emotion of Russ and Seattle, and that was a big component of the Broncos week one game on the Monday night. But both these teams have played four games, two each, that they should have won. Mm-hmm. They, they feel they sh- like both these teams feel like they should be 2-0. and Both these teams come in at 1-1. and So I think – it's an opportunity. All right, who's going to be the best version of themselves in that game tomorrow and, and win it? There's a lot of things to like about the you know the Broncos are banged up. I was looking at their injury report. A bunch of guys. Is Judy still hurt? Bunch of guys questionable. Judy's questionable uh, for tomorrow. Sertain is questionable yeah. tomorrow. Draymond Jones is is oh, questionable tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like maybe he's the least likely of the three to play. So I mean they're they are banged up with some some big time. So this big, is an easy 49er win. Big time it's players. It's easy 49 it, it will not be. It will not be. If they if they win tomorrow, I would guess it's a one-score win. Xfinity Mobile Text Line, 888-957-9570. How you see in this game tomorrow? I'm very comfortable the Niners win. JD is not so comfortable. Again, I don't want to put words in your mouth. That's fair to say, right? I'm very comfortable. You're not so comfortable. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just – look, they could win tomorrow, and it'd be – I think tomorrow – you win tomorrow, you're the Niners. That's a great win. 
You that is a great win because that was a game where if you were if you thought this team was going to be let's say twelve and five, eleven and mm-hmm. six, yeah, and the schedule comes out tomorrow would have been one of the five or six. Yeah. It's like, a, it just would have been, you know. It's they, a Febreze win because it, that smell of week one, you get the Febreze out if you, you win do, tomorrow, you and all do, of a sudden it's like, yeah, Bears lost doesn't smell so bad. You do get the Febreze it if you, <laughs> if, if you can win tomorrow. But I just, again, that's a, that is a, you win tomorrow, it's a, you lose tomorrow, it's not a disaster, though, either. Like, this is not losing to the Bears or losing to the Seahawks. Yeah, but you're back in the mud. What, what else do you, would you say has gone well for the 49ers so far this year? Um, they, as I said, uh, the division is right for the taking. The offensive line has played well. Defense, obviously, has been very stout. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think how Jimmy looked initially is a positive. I mean, he and he tapered off in that game. That's the other, like he did taper off. Like he was, it was everybody was. I mean, it it did look more like the average Jimmy as the as the game went on. But he he definitely gave him a jolt in a moment where they where they needed a jolt with with Trey Lance going down. But uh, yeah, I think he looked good I, getting George Kittle back. I mean, that's there you go. You know, did he and 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 Trey Lance have the type of chemistry? And I don't know. I think too much was made of that. Like, did they have chemistry? Did they not? But you know, you know, you know, Garoppolo's throwing it to Kittle. Yeah, well, that, I just think as far as Trey Lance goes and the chemistry with anybody, it's just a matter of well, they got to play games together. Yeah. He's got to throw it, him the ball. Yeah, I would yeah. catch it and boom, then you have. I chemistry. wasn't making like he clearly had chemistry with Ayuk, maybe didn't with Debo, although they run Debo so much that okay, you don't have chemistry throwing it to Debo. You don't throw it to Debo anyway. And then Kittle hadn't even been on the field, so I think there yeah. was a little too much made of that. Yeah, two games in, Denver fans are very unhappy, uh, but the Broncos have actually done something about that. That's coming up next year. It's Whitey and JD, and we are live from Friedman's Fall Clearance Sales Event this weekend only at Friedman's Appliance in Pleasant Hill, featuring live cooking demonstrations and one-of-a-kind specials on appliances. More from Friedman's coming up next right here. It's Whitey and JD on 95.7 The Gate. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 